Hi, today I want to talk to you about one-to-ones. Now, one-to-ones are a critical element of a leader's toolkit. So in this video, we're talking about the one-to-ones that are between direct reports and their managers. So to be an effective leader at any level in your organization, you have to be extremely comfortable, competent, and consistent when it comes to one-to-ones. So whether you're a manager that only meets their team on an ad hoc basis, dealing with issues as they arise, or whether you do actually hold one-to-ones, but they're just not producing the results that you want, this video is essential viewing for you. So a one-to-one meeting sits below the annual appraisal and the quarterly review, and it's your regular way of supporting, guiding, and developing your people. Not only does it give your team practical support, it communicates to them that they're important. Performance management is evolving in many organizations and many organizations are starting to move away from the annual appraisal. So the importance of regular meetings has never been more important. But if it's agreed and recognized that these meetings are so essential, why don't enough managers do them regularly? So there's a variety of reasons. So so some managers have their own work to complete, so they just don't make time for them. Also, some managers make the incorrect assumption that one-to-ones are a form of micromanagement, while others report that they just don't seem to create the value that the time consumes. However, when we dig deeper into what they actually do, it turns out that they're not doing them effectively. So in this video, we're going to demonstrate why they're important and what you can do to immediately so that they add a transformational impact to the performance of your team. So why I want to one's important so trust is a key component of high performing teams and one way to build trust is to treat people as individuals and show you care and that you're there to support and challenge in equal measure and effective one-to-ones are a great opportunity to do this you can ensure your team are aligned and that everybody's clear on their goals and how they need to work together you can provide oversight of get oversight of progress and achievements and they're also a chance to provide support to solve problems and fast track progress you can make the most of one-to-ones to leverage the collective intelligence of your team as well. So with your enterprise view of an organisation, you can see where connections within your team need to be strengthened and where there are connections between teams that would, would be beneficial and you can help broker those relationships. And one-to-ones are also a chance to reinforce your organisation values, um, set expected ways of working and also to gauge whether your team are well settled and feel a sense of belonging and inclusion. So one-to-ones are also important from a talent angle. If you adopt a coaching approach, they can really help your team members develop, learn and grow. And there's also an opportunity to find more about somebody's talents and interests. You know, you can then match their skills and interests and work values with job opportunities that exist already or, you know, progression opportunities that are coming up in the future. So what are the ingredients of an effective one to one? Well, it's actually there's a variety of ingredients required. So to really encourage your direct reports to be open and share their challenges, their anxieties and, and be open to change. You really need to take some time to build psychological safety and trust. But you can't wave a magic wand and make it safe. This takes time to build. And the level of trust and safety that the direct report sees is often as affected just as much by what happens outside the one-to-one room as it does inside. So even if you're welcoming and accommodating in a one-to-one, but you're prone to making sarcastic remarks in the team meeting, then this could potentially affect it. One-to-one should also be regular and timely. And there's no secret formula to the right answer. It really does depend on the nature of the work. So if your direct report performs repetitive work, they'll require less one-to-ones than someone doing complex work. And if someone is new, they'll require more frequent one-to-ones, even if they're experienced, as they'll also need your support to navigate the political and social landscape. And it's about making a judgment about someone's ability, proactiveness, experience and judgment. Now, of course, you might have people who just want to be left alone to get on with their work. So in this instance, you should insist, however, you can negotiate the actual frequency of them. 
You also need to remember it's really important that it's a human conversation and therefore should be a two-way discussion. It really shouldn't be a tick box exercise. So to make it really meaningful, you really need to deploy the full repertoire of interpersonal skills. So you need to do things like practice active listening. You need to ask open questions. You need to do things like paraphrasing where you reflect back what you've just heard so that your direct report sees their challenge in another way. Also, it's important to do things like leaving silences. So it lets your direct report formulate an answer. Also, you need to do things like ask questions like, what else have you considered? Because this helps them develop multiple options when they might have only developed one solution. It really needs to be a coaching orientated discussion rather than an advice giving session. So managers often struggle with just taming their inner advice monster to make them work as well. It's also it's really the director of parts responsibility as much as it's the, the managers to make them happen. So both parties should come to the meeting prepared and there should be a really clear agenda that you both contributed to. Now, it doesn't really matter who takes the notes, as long as the person that takes the notes shares it with the other person and the other person then either agrees, deletes, subtracts or amends what's been done and then you can move forward. And you really need to hold your end of the bargain. You need to make sure you follow up on your actions because this really indicates to the direct report that this is important and this matters. Also, the time and location of where you're doing really matters too. So you need to make sure it's a day and a time that works for you both. And don't hitch it to other things. You know, this should really be purely a one-to-one -one meeting. And also make sure there's just no interruption. So really, no matter how busy you are, you need to be present and you need to do things like switch your phone off. So what should you cover in a one-to-one? -one? Well, they should be both forward-looking and backward-looking. There's, you know, you should be reviewing progress. So it's a space for reflection and review about what's gone well and how, how it's been delivered as well. It's a space to discuss and process feedback. And we're going to do a separate video on giving feedback because that's such a rich area to dig into. But, you know, a quick tip, if you're really clear on expectations with people up front, then feedback becomes much, much easier because you've got framework to, to feedback against. One-to-one -one should be about identifying problems and blockers and working with your team members to solve problems and fast-track progress. And as Gary said, it's about coaching people through that rather than, than stepping in and giving advice all the time. And if you get the cadence and relationship right, then it also means there's no surprises for you as a manager. You'll have an idea about how things are tracking and your team will be more likely to come to you earlier if they encounter problems rather than saving them up for, for uh, the end. One-to-ones are also a key opportunity to provide clarity on role and objectives. So they're about setting objectives, but also keeping an eye on objectives. Are they still current? Do they need to be revised or tweaked um, as the context changes? And when you're setting goals, it's worth thinking about an approach adopted by Atlassian, an Australian software company. So they look at both the degree of stretch and the level of performance when they're setting objectives. For example, you might have somebody who performs brilliantly on a relatively simple objective, or somebody who performs slightly under par but is on a super stretching objective. So it's really important to balance stretch and performance when you're, you're looking at performance overall. So we also advise that one-to-one should include an element of checking in on your team members' well-being and how things are going for them in general. So that's not about being overly intrusive, but it's about making a space for people to share if there are well-being related issues that they want to talk about. Wellness action plans are a great tool for this. So there's a template developed by Mind that's a great tool for helping frame a discussion about well-being. And it covers the proactive ways individuals can support their own well-being and what they need from you as a manager to support them too. One-to-ones, you should also use them as an opportunity to discuss learning and progression. So that's what learning do people need to achieve their, their immediate objectives and what learning and development might they need to make that next step in their career. We really encourage people to think about learning in the flow of work and micro learning opportunities, not just the big set pieces of funded training that are traditionally associated with learning. 
there's also real great value in encouraging your team to share their knowledge and expertise with others there's nothing kind of better than consolidating learning when you're trying to explain a concept or or project to somebody else and then an important element of one-to-ones is to make sure your team know that you recognize the progress and successes that they've had one-to-ones obviously aren't the only time you should recognize these things but it's good to use that regular cadence of one-to-ones as an opportunity just to to make take stock of recognition and lastly, use one-to-ones to gather ideas for improvements, either in the way the team's working or the work, te- work the team's doing or the wider organisation, and then keep an eye out for wider team or engagement issues that are bubbling away. You don't need to cover all of these things every single time, but just use them as a framework to help you decide what's best to focus on each time you meet with one of your direct reports. Now, there are a number of traps you can fall into with a one-to-one, so it's really important to be aware of them so you can navigate your way around them. So number one is the role of bias, which is really important. So, of course, there's the usual suspects, things like recency bias, where you're just remembering the last thing that they did and you carry that thought into the meeting. But there's things like the proximity bias, especially with remote and hybrid working. And this is where we unconsciously favor people who are closest to us in terms of location or similar time working arrangements, while undervaluing those in remote locations or who might be working asynchronously. Also, the Pygmalion effect can have a big impact here. This is really interesting research that was done by Robert Rosenthal at Harvard. And what he found is basically, if you think you're a member of um, staff is uh, incompetent or they're not very intelligent, you won't give them the same quality feedback or invest the same amount of extra time in their development that you do in competent or what you believe to be intelligent members of staff. In fact, when they make a mistake, you're more likely to be annoyed. Also, don't overly focus on the busy work or stuff of which there is an infinite amount to talk about. You know, you also really need to make sure you take the time to discuss and lean into the real issues. And this could be things like performance, conflict, feedback, and even resource issues as well. And also in only in extreme circumstances should you ever consider rescheduling your one-to-one meeting. It really sends out an unintended message to your direct report that they aren't the most important thing to you, even if the reason for postponing is a valid one. One thing we also see when it comes to one-to-ones is they often evolve into a bit of a moaning session where the direct report or sometimes even the manager just uses it as an offloading session where they just talk about their challenges or problems. Now, it's really useful for someone to have space to offload, particularly if your direct report is a manager and they can't just go to their team to moan. But it really needs to be a constructive space with a real solutions focused. Um, it can also be tempting when hearing your direct reports problems just to step in and micromanage or fix the problems for them. But really, this session should be about helping them develop options, evaluate the pros and cons of each potential path and making a choice with your support. And when it comes to the one-to-one of senior managers, they often receive woeful amounts of quality one-to-one support Um, because of the potential impact that a senior manager can have. It's really critical that they receive one-to-ones. However, this is a group that often receives the least amount of support. There's an assumption that um, if you're senior, you're too experienced, you're, you're too busy or potentially even too stubborn for these meetings to be of any use. But that should never be the case. You also need to be mindful as the manager that there are some issues that shouldn't be dealt with in a one-to-one. So some direct reports might be tempted to apply the dark arts and may be tempted to try and move their own agenda forward in the one-to-one. So they might be seeking to win over the manager to their side of an argument, 
for what is actually a team dispute with a colleague. And this puts you and the manager as a difficult situation. So just to summarise, in this video, we've talked about why one-to-ones are important. We've talked about what they should cover, how you should go about them and how to make them effective. And we've given you some ideas that you can apply immediately to really add greater impact to the performance of your team. If you check in the comments, you'll find a link to a one-to-one meeting checklist. And that's got a set of questions you can use to get you started with your next one-to-one. It's been great talking to you and thank you.